Hey everybody, so excited to share with you our latest episode. It's episode 155. This episode's all about listening. You know, when it comes to social media, especially if you are a real estate or an entrepreneur or using social media for business, listening is such an important and sometimes underrated skill. I was approached recently by Leslie Appleton Young, who is the former chief economist for the California Association of Realtors. And on behalf of uh, Woman Up, which is an amazing organization, she reached out uh, to have conversations. Uh, she has a, a show that they do with Woman Up called Conversations Over Coffee. Uh, and it was really an honor to be able to chat with her about social media, about listening. And we just had a wonderful conversation. Now, if you're not familiar with Woman Up, it's an amazing organization. Um, it was founded by the California Association of Realtors, but it is an amazing organization for women, especially in the world of real estate. Uh, such an empowering organization. I absolutely love uh, being a part of it. I've spoken at their events in the past and uh, just would absolutely encourage you to check them out. So big thanks to Woman Up for um, allowing me to put this conversation here on our podcast. I just thought it was such an important conversation and so excited to share this with you today. So Thank you, Leslie. Thank you to the Woman Up team and would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast after you take a listen. All right, here we go. On with the show. You're listening to the Katie Lance Podcast. If you're an entrepreneur, social media geek, real estate pro, a mom, or maybe all of the above and ready to level up your social media game, you're in the right place. so excited today because we're going to talk about my favorite topic, which, as you all know, is active listening. Um, when Deborah told me the theme was your communication superpower listening, I thought that's exactly what I want to talk about. And I want to talk about it with Katie Lance. Katie, I'm so thrilled that you are here. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Oh, thank you, Leslie. I am so excited to be here. And it's a great, great topic. So I know we're, we're going to have a lot of fun. I always remember at, at one point when you, when I was um, learning from you, you kind of said, look, you don't have to write a big thank you, just acknowledge, like always acknowledge. And I just thought, you know, there's the rules of the road on the internet and on social media that we need to talk about. And that's why I'm, I'm happy you're, you're here. So anyway, active listening, what does active listening mean? It means that you listen without ego that you listen to really absorb where the person is coming from. You don't listen to wait to talk. You don't throw in your you know, grandmother's experience with the same situation. You don't do that. You really listen with a very um, open heart and, and don't hijack the conversation. Just And it's amazing, it takes practice, but once you kind of get into that mode, it's so liberating to be able to listen without trying to think of what your pithy or wisdomful, wisdom-filled response is. You get to just take um, that person in. So anyway, last week, um, we saw this ro new rom-com with uh, Julia Roberts and George Clooney. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's seen it yet. It's called <laughs> Ticket to Paradise. And it's, as you can imagine, it's light as a feather. But at one point, <laughs> Julia and uh, George are playing characters that are divorced. It's a very contentious divorce. They really don't like each other and they don't communicate well. 
And at one point when he started to talk over her, she said one of my favorites quotes, which was, I'm sorry, did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours? And I must tell you, I've used that a few times in the last few days here. So I thought it, it really sums it up pretty well. Um, so we've talked a lot about being an active listener in a one-on-one face-to-face conversation, but we haven't talked at all about what it means to listen on social media. And I just, there was no one else, Katie. I was so thrilled when you said yes. And I hope everyone who's listening, you know, listens to your blog, reads, reads your posts, you're wonderful. But just in case, could you give us just a little bit of a background on how you got here and, and what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. It's like I said, it's an honor to be here. I'm a huge fan of the, the Woman Up community and just everything that, that you guys are, are doing and have created. You know, my passion is in, in a lot of ways, social media, but it's, I think, a lot more than just that. You know, I I see the struggles that agents and brokers go through all the time with trying to keep up with the latest and greatest and which platform should you be on and what to post and everything. And uh, my passion is really helping agents and brokers figure it out, figure out social media and, and what to post and, and how often and, and, and not, not even that part of it. It's really about putting together a smart strategy that is going to save them time, help them generate business. We just celebrated our 10th year in business, which is exciting and incredible. <laughs> Time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we, we specialize in helping agents and brokers figure out their social media. We started a online academy. It's called the Get Social Smart Academy about six or seven years ago to really help agents and brokers wrap their arms around strategy. I'm a speaker. I know, you know, you and I have crossed paths on many, many industry events, spoken at Woman Up, spoken at many events um, across. And I think uh, it was an Inman conference where I first <laughs> heard you on stage and was just completely blown, blown away. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really fun. And it's, uh, it's really, I feel very blessed to be doing what I love each and every day. Um, my husband, Paul was able to quit his corporate job again, about six or seven years ago. And and works with me full-time in the business. And we've built a, a great virtual team and just are, you know, continuing to grow and serve and evolve and listen as we're right, going to talk about right. today. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm thinking you started this in 2012 and how much things have changed since then. And I was even revisiting your excellent book. And I hope anyone that hasn't read it will, will pick it up. Get Smart Social um, is just... Um, you know, a how-to, why-to, let's do it uh, book on getting an intentional strategy um, for for social. And I, I can't recommend it more more highly. So anyway, I'm Katie Fangirl. And <laughs> let's get let's get started. So in your book, and I as I've said, it's a coherent, understandable strategy, not scattershot. And it came out five years ago, which seems like an eternity. And I think the only thing that's a little bit aged in it was um, kind of a reference to some of the platforms, Snapchat, for example, that has <laughs> that evolved into something uh, really different. But even with internet years going by in hyperspeed, it's, you know, it's all still there. One of the comments you made in the book that just really stuck with me was, Think of it as a dinner party, not a one-way street. And I'd love for you to talk about what that means to you and what we ought to be taking from it. 
Yeah, I, I wrote that five years ago, and I think it's even more important today. You know, there's so much noise on social media. I don't have to tell you this, you know, any platform you go on, it's just a lot of noise and people trying to, you know, get, get your attention, obviously. And uh, I think, especially with social media, one of the challenges I think for agents is they're busy, right? Agents are some of the busiest people we know. And so oftentimes the mistake is they end up hiring someone to do it for them, or they sign up for some sort of service that kind of posts for them. And, you know, there's something wrong with having an assistant or having a team or having help, you know, with, with some of the things that in terms of content, but it, because real estate is such a relationship business, it's absolutely important that you show up you know, and the agents and brokers that we work with in our academy that are getting a lot of business from social media, they're, you know, getting 50, 60% of their business from social media. They're really doing a couple of things really well. They, they're showing up, they're connecting, they're responding, they're, they're listening, right. They're not just like being a drive-by liker or they're jumping in. Like <laughs> and stuff and then I love running, that. Right. <laughs> and right. They're, then they're putting themselves out there. They're putting their, their, not just generic content. There's kind of this sea of sameness, right? In real estate marketing. Right. Yes. But they're putting themselves out there. They're, they're overcoming maybe a fear of getting on camera. Uh, they're putting their personality out there. And so, yeah, I mean, as a quick example to the dinner party example, I, I always have said this for years. I, I'll say to agents, look, imagine having a dinner party with your 10 most important clients. And instead of you being there, you have your assistant there running the whole show. <laughs> and we would never do that, but that's what happens when we just hand off our voice to somebody else. So it's super important to show up. And it's also super important. Like you said, it's not a one-way street. You have to, you have to give, you have to be a listener. I always tell my boys, be a noticer in the world, notice what's happening around you. And in social media, that's a huge opportunity to notice what's happening to connect with people. So what are kind of the benchmarks for acknowledging for not being a drive-by liker, you know, because we, we talk a lot about having meaningful relationships with our, you know, presenting our authentic selves and, you know, it really can be exhausting, you know, especially like an introvert like me, it's like, <laughs> I really care. And it takes me a long time and a lot of effort to do that. Yeah. So I can't do it times 100. Mm -hmm. So do you have any tips for just trying to be reasonable about it, but still having an impact? Yeah, something I've done for years, I wrote about it in the book, it's still relevant today, is this idea of focus five. So every day I take five or 10 minutes, I open up my phone and I'll pick a platform, maybe it's Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, wherever you're spending time. And you take a few minutes to meaningfully connect with at least five people. So that doesn't mean you have to friend five new people a day, that would be a lot, <laughs> but I scroll through my feed and I'm, I'm looking for five posts that stand out to me, right? So maybe it's somebody's going through a tough time. Maybe someone is talking about a charity they belong to. Someone just put up their Christmas decorations. Like, you know, people post about all different, the concert they went to, whatever it might be. And instead of just liking and moving on, I'll take a minute to like and, and comment. And in terms of commenting, I always recommend leaving a meaningful comment. So meaningful comment is a comment that's at least four words. <laughs> so <laughs> instead of saying great pick or congrats, you might or say, cool. <laughs> yeah, or cool, you might say, wow, Leslie, what a great picture. Where did you take that? Or, you know, happy birthday, Deborah. Like, what do you have planned for, for the day? Just like in real life, you'd have a conversation, <laughs> right? So right. you might use their name. You might ask a question. And so that simple act, honestly, 
for years, at least a decade, probably longer than that. I've been doing focus five. I do it every morning as I'm drinking my coffee, usually before I open up email, because email is like a black hole that you may never get out of. (laughs) I open up Facebook or Instagram and I, I focus five. I, I just think about who are five people I can meaningfully connect with. And then I might post something, but if I post something, I always make sure I do my focus five before that. You know, now that you mention it, I do remember, I do remember that from your book and I'm glad you (laughs) reminded me. And I just, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, 30 days in a month, five times 30 would be 150 more than four word meaningful conversation starters with someone. So at the end of the month, you actually have something to show for all of the energy draining that, that social (laughs) is, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And those connections might be comments. Sometimes they are five private messages. I send five different people, you know, like if you see it's someone's birthday, you could be one of the 50 people that writes on their page, happy birthday, HBD, like everyone writes the same thing. Why not be the one of the only people that sends a private message? Maybe you send an audio message through Facebook messenger, or you send a little video, just a quick, Hey, I saw it was your birthday thinking about you. Hope you have a great day. It doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, I feel like sadly the bar is kind of low in a lot of ways. You you notice her. And like you said, you know, when you multiply that over the course of time and also for just from a strategic point of view, because the way social media is structured with algorithms, if you feel like the same people are always liking and commenting on your content, one of the ways to kind of break through that is for you to be proactive and to you know, go to people's pages. If you're like, gosh, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while, we'll actively go to their page, right? right? And, uh, you know, break the algorithm a little bit. <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's great. And um, I'm going to get back to this in a minute, but I, the examples that you gave were all asking a question. And mm-hmm. I can't emphasize enough that one of the keys to being a good listener is digging down is asking, you know, and John and I joke all the time. It's like, well, how did you feel about that? (laughs) These guys are like, we don't talk about feelings. It's like, yes, we are. (laughs) But to really engage and dig, um, dig deeper instead of like, oh, well, here's my similar experience. You know, it's like, exactly. Don't do that if you really want to want to engage. So the same year that your book came out, my other favorite book of 2017 was We Need to Talk by Celeste Headley. And we've talked about this book. I've talked about it a few times and I just want to kind of remind everybody it's it's a great, um, uh, just a great primer on active, active listenings. And one of the things she talks about is the difference between communicating with someone and having a conversation with someone. And she has this quote by William White that says, the great enemy of communication we find is the illusion of it. We have talked enough, but we have not listened. And she included some statistics on, you know, the percentage of people that you think you're friends with, maybe 10% think they're friends with you. Wow. (laughs) Those numbers aren't right, but it was big enough that I was like, wow, you know, we think we're, we're connecting more than we are. So what I wanted to just get your thoughts on um, is what does it mean to listen on social media? And we've talked a little bit about it, but any, any other thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I I said it a second ago, but I, I, I think it's important to say it again. And it's this idea of just being a noticer you know, and taking time. Like, I think that there's a, 
I think it's really important that with social media, especially in real estate, a lot of conversation gets talked about, about content, where you should be and how often should you spend money on ads? And all those are good questions, but even more important (laughs) is the listening part of it is taking time to go through your feed, to see, because here's the thing, what people post about, whatever it is, is something that's meaningful to them, right? When you post something, there's a whole psychology around it, right? It's either, you know, it's something funny, you want to maybe seem more insightful, you want to see more interesting, right? If you think about the last maybe five or 10 things that you've posted, like we all have a reason why we, why we post or why we don't post certain things. And so I think actively, like I said, being a noticer and listening, and also when you post, going back to those comments and having a conversation, um, you know, as, as much as possible with the conversation that's happening in the comments, you know, it's, it's really easy to post something and get a few comments and then you just like those and you move on, but someone took time to comment on what you had to say. So comment back to them, you know, um, it's just it's a, a dinner, really it's a dinner party, right? It's a dinner party. I mean, it's, and I would just, anybody who's, you know, who's listening to this, I mean, one of the easiest ways to sort of prove my point, if you will, is I would encourage anyone to go back to the last post they did on social media. Maybe it was this morning, maybe it was two days ago or last week. And if there's a few comments, go back and comment back to each one of those people. Maybe it's just an emoji. Maybe it's, hey, thank you so much for chiming in, or I really appreciate you commenting. Nine times out of 10, what's going to end up happening because you commented back to those people, first of all, they oftentimes will jump back into the conversation, right? But because of how the algorithms work, now your post is getting seen by more people. And often more people will start to see what you just posted. That's why when we go on Facebook, we see posts from not just today, but three or four days ago, because there's still a conversation happening in the comments. So I think, you know, again, from a strategic point, I think it makes sense business-wise, it makes sense. Um, But again, it's just, it's being intentional. It's getting it as simple as getting it on your calendar. You know, I have on my, something I've done for, again, for years, 10 or 15 minutes a day, put it, put it on as your listening time or your focus five time or whatever whatever you want to call it, but pay attention. (laughs) So what people are I mean, there's a ripple effect that goes on, even if you're not in the conversation and the conversation is going on. And to that point, would you please, my favorite story of all time, (laughs) could you please, you know what I'm going to ask you, could you talk (laughs) about that um, United Airlines flight that you took and and start the book off with that? And I think it's, it's, it's on so many levels. It's fabulous. (laughs) That is a good, I haven't told that story in a while. It's an oldie, but goodie, but it really is. So if you have, if you haven't heard the story, those of you watching, uh, basically what happened is I was on an American Airlines flight and I was probably like 15 or 20 minutes into the flight. We just gotten kind of settled and I started to hear like this awful noise, like the noise you never want to hear on an airplane. And pretty quickly, the pilot was like, we're having a little bit of challenges. I don't remember exactly how you said it, but he's like, we're going to turn around and go back to SFO, which is where I took off from. Um, and so, okay, fine. So we, we landed, that part was fine. You know, they tried to get me on another flight and it was very frustrating. I was at the airport for hours and hours and hours and ended up not being able to go where I was going, tweeted about it, was very frustrated, never heard a response from, from United, but I did hear a response from Virgin, Virgin Airlines, who basically said, you know, we're so sorry you had this experience. Uh, the next time you fly, 
you know, we would love, we would love the opportunity to serve you on that. And it was just such a reminder of like, again, listening of the conversation. It wasn't like I tagged Virgin in that conversation, but they were listening. They were noticing they were, you know, they were problem solving, (laughs) you know, from that 30,000 foot view, no pun intended. Um, and I think that's a great example, but like back to your point of listening, it's not always like someone asking a question. It's seeing something that's out there and going, is there an opportunity to help and to be in that conversation, you know, um, and to, and to listen. So yeah, and yeah. it's, it, it was a, it was a pretty cool experience. <laughs> an opportunity to be pro, um, proactive, you know, and yeah. my guess is there's a few postings on these <laughs> platforms with disappointed um, clients of other agents that <laughs> might be an opportunity to reach out. Maybe just one or two. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. And it might just be an opportunity to say, you know, I'm so sorry you had that experience. If I can help answer any questions for you, let me know. Right. Right. Which is very different than like, hey, call me today. I'm a realtor. I'm number one in my market. Like, I think right. when you come from a place of just being helpful, you know, same thing. I mean, another good example is like if, if agents are part of Facebook groups, a ton of Facebook groups out there, but just being a, a point of someone who can answer questions and, and be helpful or maybe connect people and say, hey, you know what? I've got somebody I can connect you with. You should meet so-and-so and just trying to make those connections. I, I, it, it's having a long-term approach to all of this, right? Um, which I think is important. It's an investment and it works, you know, yeah. and it's an authentic way of of being, you know, who doesn't want to be a helpful person? Yeah. You know, kind of make and- someone's virgin <laughs> major day, right? <laughs> exactly. And I have since told that story, I mean, hundreds of times. It's in the book. It's, you yeah. know, so when we have these experiences, positive or negative, you know, typically that's what, that's one of the things we do. We share about it. We share it on social media. We share it with our friends. And so it's usually the mediocre things that we don't share about, right? When you look right. at Yelp or you look at any review site, it's either people who are like, oh my gosh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Or <laughs> that was the worst experience of my life. Not so much, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, if we can hopefully be in the camp of like <laughs> blowing people away by being helpful, you know, there's that concept of like servant leadership of just uh, you know, not being a doormat, but just serving and thinking of your audience first and knowing that, hey, things come back to you. Um, I have people who reach out to me who are like, I've been following you for years and now they want to work with me, you know, or it just, sometimes it just takes time. Sometimes people just need to kind of percolate <laughs> getting to know who you are and, and uh, to build that trust and just takes a little bit of time. Be patient. Yeah, be be patient. patient and be, you taught me this, be consistent. Whatever yes. it is, just be consistent. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I want to talk to you is about the social part of social media. And I think I'm not the only one that's been challenged by this, like, especially before I retired, you know, like, here's my professional person and here's my kids and my family life and a vacation and this and that. <laughs> yeah. And how do you, and, and maybe there's not one answer to this. It's, it's kind of who you are. And, and I delight in your family postings. I do. It's, I feel so connected. Um, I don't know if everybody, you know, you have to kind of find your space, but is yeah. there shine a light on that? Because it's just a conundrum for me. <laughs> well, I think it's a conundrum for a lot of people. Um, and it's something I think I, I even still struggle with. Sometimes I'm thinking, do I share too much? You know, I, I think there's, you always kind of want, 
you know, sometimes we feel like we're a little bit of an island, like, <laughs> you know, as far as what we're, what we're doing. But I, for me personally, I think, you know, with real estate, real estate's a personal business, right? And we are in an industry where we, t- we typically connect with people. I and mean, typically we do business with people we know, like, and trust, right? We've all heard that. I always like to say we do business with people we know, like, and trust and relate to. I think that relatability is really important. It's huge. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we mix up like personal versus private. I heard another, heard another speaker talk about this recently. And she was saying, look, I don't, just because I'm sharing a couple things that are personal or funny, like something funny with my cat or something silly with my kids or something, uh, you know, about holiday decorations doesn't mean I'm sharing every private thought, <laughs> every private moment. You there know? is a filter. <laughs> there is, there absolutely is a filter. And I also think it depends on the platform. I was just on a podcast recently talking about this. And this is, I think, one of the reasons to have different platforms. Not that you have to be everywhere. I don't think agents have to be on 27 different platforms. But for example, a Facebook business page, I think can be all about business, right? right. And there's some people that you do business with you may not want to be friends with them. It's okay. Like, I don't want to be friends with my doctor and it's all good. I love my doctor, but I would follow what they talk about professionally. Right. And so that's a place for that. I would say, Hey, if you want to follow me professionally, follow me there. Right. Same thing with YouTube. YouTube is, I would say 95% professional, probably hundred percent professional, right? LinkedIn, same thing. Right. Parts of Facebook tend to be a little bit both. Instagram is definitely kind of 50, 50 where it's business and family and a little bit of both. So that's where I think every platform is a, is a little bit different. I don't know if there's necessary magic formula. Um, I would say though, that you can incorporate who you are personally into your content without having to spill the beans on everything <laughs> and how you feel right. personally. I think this is where, you know, putting out your, your original content, putting out video content, getting yourself on camera where you're sharing some examples of funny story, you know, things that have happened to you as you are sharing something helpful is a way to talk about business, but also incorporate who you are personally. So I don't know if that answered your question, but here's my follow-up question. And let's think of an agent and think of who they're talking to, Mm. right? And they're talking to potential consumers. I mean, not consumers who are potential clients. Right. So is there a right or wrong there? And what is your also follow-up to follow-up? Is mm-hmm. there a place for the family group and the friend group and the everyone else group? Do you, <laughs> do, you do that? Or um, I think I once heard you say, it, I'm, it's just me. I'm out yeah. there. But yeah. talk to me about that. I mean, I think on one hand, of course, you know, look, we don't want to offend people. We don't want to be polarizing. But at the same time, like we are who we are, right? And I think it's, I think we, it's okay to have an opinion. I think it's okay to say, I believe in this. This is important to me. I, and the reality is, is if you, if you do put your opinions out there, if you do put things that are, that that are important to you personally, do you run the risk of alienating someone, offending someone? Of, Of course, right? That can happen in, in a number of different ways. But the, the other flip side also happens, right? Because there's some people who will see what you're posting, see what your content is, see what you're all about. And they'll say like, oh my gosh, I love what she has to say. Yeah. I love, you know, what they're doing. And for other people, it might be like, no, they're not my cup of tea. So, you know, I, I think it's, I always say lean into who you are and who you're not. I, I honestly think our business has thrived because there was a, a moment in time where I was like, you know what? I am not going to be all things to all people. 
and I just had to be okay with that. Like it's, I think it's like being comfortable in your own skin. Like it's all good. And I think part of that, like you said, is I just, I am who I am. Like I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a CEO, I'm a speaker. I, I, whatever, like I have all these different hats. And so I am who I am, (laughs) you know, I don't have like a separate, like private little page just for, you know, I don't know who I am personally. I, you know, when I share stuff, I, I, I share stuff. Now, again, I don't necessarily share everything and it may not be on every single platform because every platform is different, but um, I don't know. I I just think that, you know, you are who you are. And and again, just kind of be comfortable, comfortable in your own skin, you know, and it's okay to share things. I mean, I just, I feel like we're at a point where we don't want to start offending people, obviously. Overthinking it. It is exactly. It's, you know, and if you're unsure about something, then don't post it, you know, or if you're like, gosh, I really feel passionate about this, but I don't know. Well, push pause and wait 24 hours and see if you feel the same way. If if, if it's that important to you to share, you know, whatever it might be. So, yeah. Okay. Here's like a little sidebar. (laughs) You can explain this algorithm 101. Like (laughs) I, I know on my Facebook, I have almost 5,000 people that I'm connected to somehow and maybe 1200 followers and what does that mean like if I post something it kind of seems like the same you know 50 people whatever it is see it which is great but I these numbers confuse me and I don't really understand how how it works and I mean, yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one on this call that needs just a little bit of a, a little tutorial on this. Yeah. So, and I think you're talking specifically about Facebook, right? Yes. With friends and followers and everything. So, I mean, the, basically the way Facebook works is when you post something, uh, you know, on your personal profile, as you're talking about, when you post something, a small percentage of your followers and a small percentage of your friends see your content. And the more people interact with it in the first few minutes and really the first few hours, the more that post gets seen by more and more people. So this is why if you post something and you don't get a whole lot of likes, it usually never gets a whole lot of traction, right? Right. But if you post something and within a few minutes, a bunch of people comment and like it, and then you comment back and there's this whole conversation, like that post could live for a few days, right? People are commenting and interacting. Yeah, I was wondering about that. So it, it kind yeah. of goes on and on and then kind of gets renewed life. And then yeah. a week later, someone sees it. It's like, wow, I thought it'd been up there the whole time. Well, no, <laughs> they just saw it, right? Right. And one of the ways to get more people to see your content is it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's being intentional. It's actively liking, commenting, and, and, and interacting on other people's posts. So this is why I kind of said it in passing a minute ago, if you feel like you're seeing the same people over over and over again, which I think happens to all of us, there's a couple of things that you can do. So you can actively go to your friends list, which Facebook doesn't always make this easy. It's like, you got to go to your page, you got to find your friends and you could, you know, and go to your friends list and maybe pick five people a day. Go, you know, go alphabetical if you want. This could take a while if you have 5,000 friends, right? But go through and see, gosh, who's still active? Who is still posting? Do I know them? Do I still want to be friends with them? Right. right. Uh, and it's, a, it's definitely a small thing that, that can make a big difference. The other thing you could do on Facebook and not everybody has this feature. Unfortunately, it's one of these features that's rolled out to some people, but it hasn't rolled out to everybody. Some people on your phone, um, on the Facebook app, there's a feature that Facebook is, is, I guess, rolling out where instead of just sort of seeing the regular algorithm, you can actually sort your feed 
in order of what people have posted, which is what it used to be, right? Remember like right. 10 years right, ago, right, Facebook right, used right, to be right, in chronological right. order. So there's a feature that's rolling out. I have it and some other people have it. And it's actually pretty fascinating when you get that feature on your phone to see the chronological posting is all of a sudden you're like, who are these people? Right, <laughs> right? right. What is like, and it's a great way to kind of clean up your feed and reconnect with people who maybe you haven't seen in a while. So yeah, it's a, it's a little bit annoying the way Facebook makes it work, yeah. but <laughs> thank you for that. Yes. Now, going back a little bit to this issue of how we listen on social media, mm-hmm. um, I guess my question is, is there like a rule of thumb? And I think in the chat last week, you and I were kind of going back and forth because I said <laughs> kind of like 80% commenting, supporting, being there for other people, 20% posting because I'm an economist and Pareto's, Pareto's <laughs> law seems to show up every, everywhere, yep. but yep. <laughs> um, as, as the expert here, is there a kind of a reasonable rule of thumb for that? Yeah. I mean, I think the 80, 20 rule is perfect. Okay. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to agree with you. Why would I disagree with you, Leslie? I mean, really, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think yeah, definitely 80, 20, take, take the time. I mean, I'll just give you a quick tangible example of something I do. I think just about every day is before I post, I always take again, 10 or 15 minutes and I'm scrolling through my feed. I'm doing my focus five. I'm intentionally connecting with people. I also make sure to go through all my notifications. I go through all my DMS and then I will post something. And then honestly, after I post and I don't post every single day, but after I post, I'll take another five minutes, scroll back through my feed, uh, you know, and, and maybe leave a few more comments. So yeah, it, it can't just be this post and run. No, <laughs> like, bump. no, that's yeah. irritating. It's super irritating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just obvious when it happens and we've all been guilty of it. Like, oh, I got to get this up or, or whatever. But a lot of times that happens because you haven't thought ahead, right? You didn't plan ahead. And that's where I think having a strategy comes into play where you think, okay, Every day, I'm going to take 10 or 15 minutes to connect with people and listen. Once a week, I'm going to take an hour or so to think ahead, like what's coming up? What do I need to schedule? What do I need to you know, create? And then also once or twice a month, like sitting down and creating some of that content. So like just getting a system together you yeah. know, is, uh, is important. So. Yeah. Great. Thank you for that. Yeah. But yes, 80-20. 80-20 <laughs> all the way, baby. That's the short answer. Exactly. 80-20. <laughs> um, so one other topic I want to I wanna get your thoughts on was this, um, the persuasion paradox, which I stumbled upon. And the gist of the persuasion paradox is you don't ever convince anybody of anything by arguing, you know, and actually the way that you have some opportunity is by listening and asking questions. And it reminded me of our dear friend, Kathy Sharit, who, you know, gave her TED talk on being a better asker, right? Mm-hmm. And when I've heard that in the past, I it's really been about kind of a little bit about delegation and a little bit about, I want to learn and that. But in this context, I think it's really about connecting with people, showing them you care, digging in and building, building trust. So I just wondered what you, what your take is on that and, and any thoughts you have on what we can all do better to have more meaningful, effective conversations. 
Yeah, well, I think it's back to what you said a little bit earlier ago about, you know, when you're having conversations with people, I think sometimes the, the, the default is we say, oh, I experienced, I know what you're going through. 10 years ago, I did this, this, and this, or my mom did this or, or whatever. And we sort of, instead of just listening and asking, you know, how can we support you? Or maybe we ask a question to, as sort of a follow-up question. Instead, we jump in with like some sort of way we want to relate to that person which I, I get it. I think a lot of us do that. It's not a terrible thing. (laughs) It's just, it just turns the focus back to you instead of to the speaker. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, I I think again, trying to think of trying to just be meaningful with how we listen and and the questions we ask. Um, And I also think, I mean, to your point, as far as persuasion, I'm always just to kind of bring it back to content. I, I always say like, look at your life as content. And I really try to be aware of questions that people ask, topics that come up that are related to my expertise. And I'm always, I mean, honestly, Leslie, I always have a notebook and I'm always like jotting things down and thinking like, how can I put out things that are helpful, you know, by listening, by not just assuming like, oh, this is what people want to hear, but, but just kind of taking note, you know, of what. Of can what I just say you held points. up a real paper notebook right yes I so did a nice I expected bound. you to say I yes. put it in the reminders in my phone or notes or something no. and I just <laughs> I mean that's just one more reason to love Katie Lance because I am I am huge on the notebooks and the ink pen I this yep. I I can do anything if I can take beautiful notes you know? <laughs> I, I agree and I mean and that's actually a great segue to just one other thing I'll mention. And I am a big believer of taking the online offline, you know, um, whether it's, you see something that happened with somebody and if you're close enough to them, you might pick up the phone. If you have that relationship or you can call them and reach out, it might be uh, just, again, a private message, you know, especially if people are going through a hard time. I mean, people, people on social media, at least personally tend to post, tend to post their high highs and their low lows right? It's like, oh my gosh, this amazing thing happened. I won this award. My husband got a job promotion. We're moving to Europe, right? Or, oh my gosh, this awful thing happened. And so what happens is though you'll get hundreds of comments, but if you could be one of the couple people that reaches out privately and sends a Facebook message, you know, or maybe a little video or an audio message, say, hey, Leslie, I saw your post. I'm just thinking about you. You're my prayers. It could just be something as simple as that, right? Just like being a noticer, sending a card. I love doing that. I, I try to do that as, you know, at least intentionally a couple times a month or, you know, I'll be at Target or wherever. And I'm like, oh, somebody just had a baby or somebody just did this. I'm going to get them a card and just try to take that, that online offline. You know, yeah. I just think that's important. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, okay. We're going to segue now and thank you for all of your, your insights. I just appreciate them. And I know the audience has, <laughs> has as well. And now we're going to let, get to know you a little bit um, deeper Woo-hoo. with my rapid fire questions. <laughs> with the, with, I did um, read them ahead of time so I can I get a little prepped. <laughs> um, with um, some of them from the actor studio, which I always enjoyed when, um, when Lipton did those uh, interviews and some of my own, but uh, your favorite word and your least favorite word, Katie. <laughs> I had to think about this one. I think my favorite word is love. That might be cheesy, but I, that's probably my favorite word. I think you have to do everything with love in your life. 
my least favorite word my kids will probably laugh because I know I hate this word is the word moist <laughs> just do not like that word that's like if we were doing a survey that's like number one I hate that nobody word. likes that word yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. Okay. Uh, what turns you on and what turns you off? <laughs> I love work ethic. Like someone who is in integrity, they're going to show up, they're going to work hard, they do what they say they're going to do. That is huge. And I feel like, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of people who do not do, unfortunately, what they say they're going to do, or they don't respond to your emails, they don't respond to your messages. Like, I just think work ethic is a huge thing. What was the second part? <laughs> um, what turns you off in oh. addition to moist? <laughs> oh, in addition, exactly. Um, honestly, ego. I think that's a, yeah, it's, it's sometimes challenging <laughs> to talk about yes. that, but you know, just people, a lot of times they have big egos, you know, and, and I think it's fine to have self-confidence. I don't think that, you know, that's not about that. I think it's just thinking you're better than other people. Like I'm, I see this a lot with, with people sort of in the social media world <clears throat> who get really big. They have this huge following and they're like too important to check their DMs or they're too important to check their own email or whatever. It's like, look, <laughs> yeah. too big for your britches. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So ego. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You got to have a little right. bit of humility. <laughs> All right. Next question. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? <laughs> well, I would preface this by saying if I could sing, <laughs> which I don't think I can, uh, in a fantasy world, I would love to be on Broadway. Oh, <laughs> that wow. would be amazing. And if I didn't have kids and a family and all that. <laughs> all the other stuff going all on, the other right? Stuff, yeah, that, would be, uh, that would be my dream. <laughs> what is one memory that will stand out for you um, during this COVID experience, which I know 10 and 20 years from now, we're going to look back and go, wow, what we lived through. Um, but what right now stands out for you as a, as a special memory, good or bad? You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously there are some things professionally, um, that, that stood out. I'm very grateful that we were a business that had always done a ton of training virtually. We were, we were totally set up for it in a lot of ways. And so I'm very, very grateful that, you know, we had that ability and we were able to serve and just help a lot of brokerages and associations and franchises and people were stressed out nobody knew what was happening and I'm just I mean so professionally that will always be a special moment where we were just able to kind of come in and help and be a resource um, kind of guide people you know I, I talking about social media in uncertain times which there was no roadmap for what no. we were going through um, and I think personally what really stands out to me is just the amount of time I got with my family I mean, at times it was crazy, <laughs> like all living together and Zooming the school and everything. And, um, you know, it certainly wasn't uh, easy at times, but I just remember, especially on days that were challenging, just thinking like, this might be the most time I get with my kids, even more so than when they were little. And so just trying to make the most of it. We had a lot of fun, like backyard fun. We bought one of those huge, like inflatable pools on Amazon, like that was our little summer vacation was in our backyard and uh, doing haircuts for the kids, which were, I, you know, I have a great respect for hairdressers now. <laughs> There's a line that we will not cross in the future. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I'm right. just very grateful for that time. Those, uh, those memories. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think we all 
worked harder, but also slowed down. You know, yeah. we weren't running our bodies all over the country, which was a, a big change. Yeah. Um, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, beginning of your career, what would it be? <laughs> Probably don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, it, a lot of it is small stuff. I think I'm the kind of person where I'm a little... Oh, I don't want to say controlling, but it's like, you know, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and um, just, yeah, not sweating the small stuff, letting go of stuff, probably hiring sooner, you know, not trying to do it all um, and feeling like, oh, I'm the only one who can do X, Y, and Z. Like, that's ridiculous, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think one thing that I really grew into over the years was figuring out like, what's my zone of genius? Like, what do I do? And then what is, where are there opportunities to bring on people who are smarter than me, quite frankly, you know, who can do things better. So a lot of lessons learned, especially yeah. after a decade. That's a win-win, right? When you can yeah. really bring, bring people up and still get to do, like define your own career, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, what's your biggest regret? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, on one hand, I know this is, such a cliche. I always like to say, I don't have regrets. Like, I I do really feel like things happen for a reason. You know, I think that yeah. we learn from our mistakes. I'm the kind of person, like you could tell me 20 different times, don't do this, but until like I do it and realize, oh yeah, I shouldn't do that. Then I don't learn the lesson. So I think that's the human condition, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think so too. It's like, oh, what do you mean? This is hot. I could touch it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Yes. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily have any, any, any regrets. I mean, I, I guess if I did have any regrets, it would just, I look earlier on in my career, like not standing up for myself, um, being a little bit of a people pleaser too much. And I think that's something I've really tried to work on as I've gotten older and just like, again, knowing that, look, you're not going to make everybody happy. It's okay to say no to this person or no to this opportunity or no to, you know, like just, right. Um, you don't have to make everybody happy. So no, no. And yeah. just because they ask doesn't mean the answer has to be yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm always curious. I'm a morning person, so I'm always curious how people start their day. So do you have a morning routine that you do consistently that sets you up for a successful day or are you like the alarm goes off well, I know you have you have you have the voice so you right. can't sleep in but um how does your morning look <laughs> well I'm laughing because if my husband were here he would be like oh my gosh you should see Katie in the morning like <laughs> um I'm not a morning person I always thought oh like once I have kids that'll change like no it's I mean yes I do have to get up early but uh, I, I'm more of a night owl, which is a little bit of a struggle because I could stay up. I love staying up late. I love it being quiet and everyone's asleep. I just pay for it the next morning. <laughs> I have to get up early. So I would say for me, because I feel like I'm not really a morning person, I give myself grace. I don't start calls <laughs> super early in the morning. I mean, generally my first call is not till nine or 10. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not working, but it's just giving, having a little bit of boundaries of how I work best. Um, I always start with a couple of strong cups of coffee. <laughs> of um, if you follow my Instagram story, that's always my morning story is me sharing like what cup of coffee I'm drinking because I have like this crazy mug collection of way too many coffee mugs. Um, 
but yeah, just kind of slow, I guess, sort of easing, easing into the day, um, you know, and having some boundaries as far as start time, I, the morning time with the kids, I think is important. It's right. always a little frenzied. They've gotten older, so it's a little bit easier. Um, but just giving that time, uh, you know, to them. I also really try to not look at my phone until I have talked to my <laughs> family first. Nice. Uh, some days I'm, I'm more successful at that than others, but I just find that trying to make that really intentional effort of like, no, I'm not going to look at my phone until I, you know, go give my kids a hug and kiss. Good morning. You know, it's just little things. I I think help to set yourself off, you know, in in the right direction. And the last thing I'll just say real quick too, about my morning is just having kind of an intention of like, what am I going to accomplish this day before I open up email? Right. Because I think email sometimes becomes our to-do list and I'll at the end of the day, all we've done is just answer 50 emails versus like, right. look, I want to get these one or two things like absolutely no matter what done today, you know, so. I think the word intentional just shows up all the time in these discussions, you know, just yeah. be very intentional about your time. Now I do, as a morning person, I, I did notice that you said at night it's <laughs> quiet and you can think. And I did want to let you know that if you get up at like five, you got a couple hours of the same thing. <laughs> I know. I, and there have been mornings where I've done that and I couldn't sleep or whatever. <laughs> but you know, I think we're yeah. just our biorhythms or whatever it is are just very, very different. So I always I always kind of admired night owls because it just seems so much more grown up than me. It's like, is it nine o'clock yet? Because <laughs> I'm waking up at four. You know? so, okay. Anyway, so thank you on the morning routine. Um I I would be interested in a person in your life that's had a meaningful impact um, on you. I think, you know, especially in the context of, of Woman Up, I've heard lots of conversations around mentors and, and, you know, having people that you, you know, can bounce ideas off of and things like that. I think probably one of the, one person that's had a huge impact on me, I, I think she knows it. I don't know if she does, but, um, is Tracy Weir who I used to work with at Inman. Um, and now she runs an amazing, her own amazing, uh, uh, company, but we worked together 10 years ago. She was my uh, boss at the time. And she's probably one of the smartest marketing people that I know. Wow. Yeah. Um, and really took me under her wing at a really, I think, important time. Um, I think she really saw something in me that maybe I didn't even see in myself. Um, when I was at Inman, that's when I really started to be more on stage and, and, you know, be more of a public facing type person, which kind of led into what I'm doing now. Um, yeah, she just kind of took, took me under her wing and, and gave me a little bit of tough love too. <laughs> uh, helped me get some media training, like just, you know, some right. sort of foundational things that, uh, and she's, uh, she's, uh, she's awesome. I, whenever I run into her at events, I try to try to connect, <laughs> but that's, that's wonderful. I love that. That's great. Um, so my last two questions are very <laughs> personal. And the first one is, what do you wish for your children's future? Well, hopefully I don't get emotional now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I don't know if this is an original answer or not. I just, I want them to be happy. I mean, I think that's the most important thing. I think for any, any parent, you want them to be happy, whatever they choose in life, whether it's you know, with a partner or not with a partner or in college or in work or in life. Um, you know, I think you give your kids 
your hopefully your wisdom and your and knowledge and and at some point you know they've they've got to sprout their wings and and fly and so I think happiness is a, is a big part of it and and hopefully also just being able to to make an impact on others around them and the next generation you know right. Right. and like I said earlier I always tell my kids like be a noticer like what's happening in the world and it's not just you and your life and this and that and all of us kind of get tunnel vision into what what we're doing but you know, if we can just take, take a step back and go, gosh, I could help out here, or I could be a helping hand over here or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. So that's, that's my wish for my I'm boys. I'm thinking of Mr. <laughs> Rogers, you know, look for the helpers. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so if heaven exists, <laughs> what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Yeah. <sighs> Such a good, such another good question. As I was reading this, I was like, this is a James Lipton question. <laughs> James Lipton, I miss, I miss him. I miss I the program, know. but it lives on in all of us copying his <laughs> questions. <laughs> I know. I used to watch his show all the time. Um, I mean, again, probably cliche, but hopefully at the pearly gates, you know, God says, well done, you know, well done. Um, he, he might say, you did it. <laughs> you did it. Uh, you know, I think we all, you know, spirituality is such a personal conversation, but I think, I know for me, I always struggle with like, you know, making sure that I'm hopefully living my life in a way that is a good example, hopefully a great example to my family, to those around me, leaving a legacy, I think is really important, you know, um, and yeah, so hopefully I get, hopefully I get a little pat on the back and maybe a high five and a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. And I, I'm pretty sure you will. I hope so. <laughs> oh my God, Katie, this has been just wonderful. I I appreciate I appreciate all that you have done in your career to make it make sense and and give us the tools for not getting lost, but you know, staying really focused on what what this is about. And I've always felt like every piece of advice you give eventually becomes and is heart-centered you know yeah. which is I think the authenticity that you um that you emote you know that reflects reflects off of you so um you. I'm just a huge fan I've just been delightful to spend the afternoon with you and thank you yeah. so much from all of us at Women Up thank you so much <laughs> oh thank you so much Leslie it's uh, I know we could probably talk for all another hour at least about all of this stuff easy and, easy <laughs> uh, it's just really an honor to be here and thank you for the conversation and the opportunity wonderful well happy holidays everyone and we'll see you again in 2023 Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you want more, head over to katielance.com and check out the Get Social Smart Academy, guaranteed to get you social smart. Also sign up for our free email newsletter packed full of great content. Until next time, get social smart.